0: Welcome to Middle Movers, a podcast for entry and mid-level marketers who want to learn from people on the same rung of the ladder. I'm your host, Khadija, and I'm a growth marketer at Manchester-based Six Flow. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We're here for episode 3 of Middle Movers, and today I have with me Justin Gracie, who's the principal marketing manager at HubSpot. Welcome, Justin.
1: Hey there. Thanks for having me. It's a true pleasure to be invited on to the podcast.
0: Thanks for making the time. I know how busy you are with everything that's going on at HubSpot. So, thank you. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, no problem. <laughs> Happy to be here. It's uh I always like find myself um kind of saying that to people of like oh like you know I'm, I've just been so busy but like then I realize that like everyone's super busy right now so exactly <laughs> there's no getting around it
0: it's true it's very true but I think yeah we're all just doing our best and I find like just in general um like it can be hard to kind of switch off especially now like a lot of folks are in lockdown And so it's like, what else do you do besides keep yourself busy? Because otherwise the days just drag on. So,
1: yeah, that's exactly it. And yeah, yeah, work-life balance has been a big priority for me recently, but we're making progress.
0: Exactly. New year, new you, right? Exactly. (laughs) Nice. All right. So obviously we've spoken before, just had like calls here and there since I've started at Six and Flow. But for the folks who don't know you, I'd love if you could share three fun facts about yourself just to open the floor.
1: Uh, Yeah, that question always throws me off a little bit, but um, (laughs) it's like, yeah, like, what are my fun facts? I hope they're not too boring, but um, I think one that I always come to is uh, two years ago or around two years ago, I went on a seven-day backpacking trip through Patagonia down in Chile. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was like a life-changing experience. Um, If you ever have the chance to get down there, do it. It's a very doable backpacking trip. Um, okay. But just one of those places that, like, it doesn't look real. And then you're, like, looking around and you're like, what is even going on right now?
0: Oh, my gosh. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. So I guess that's a fun fact. Yes. A couple others. Um, oh, I like to use this one. Uh, a relative of mine on the Italian side is in the Rockabilly Hall of Fame. Uh, and he's actually friends or friendly with Paul McCartney and a few other like notable musicians in the space.
0: Wow, that's no small fact at all. These are good. You think you thought they were going to be boring, but these are quite good already.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the only other one that I can think of is uh, that I uh, one of my dreams is to publish a book. Which that one isn't super fun, but for me, it's 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 a, it's a goal of mine.
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome. I I actually have a a similar goal. I I want to be published before thirty. Um, I'm 26 now so we'll see how that goes
1: yeah Um, you've got more time than I do I'm coming up on that so (laughs) I I gotta get cranking
0: is that is it for you you want to be done by 30 as well or are you just empathizing with me
1: it's been a in its outline form and I've started to to fill in the spaces for the past couple years now so okay I I think 30 was like in my head a good goal um, and now I'm you know a little under a year, away from 30, and um, yeah, I think I need to pick up the pace.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you're already busy, so you might as well just add that to your plate as well, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, just finish up work and then go and work more throughout the night.
0: Just a way of life. Yeah. Um, Speaking of work, uh, how about you tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing at HubSpot?
1: Yeah, so like you mentioned, I'm the principal marketing manager uh, at HubSpot, and I am on the partner marketing team. Okay, nice. Uh, and my role is kind of an interesting one. It's it's really like a, a hybrid role, which is why I love it so much. And uh, you know, we can talk a bit later about how I got into like more of a hybrid role and why I like it because. Mm-hmm. I feel like my career has been a bunch of stepping stones in different areas that kind of led me to this. But right. within within the partner marketing team at HubSpot, we have my team, which is focused on partner enablement. So our partners being our solutions partners, which are you know channel resellers, and they offer services to HubSpot customers, like right. uh, impl- implementing our software and things like that. But uh, my focus is on building product training and resources that can support these partners, um, but it really stretches across a lot of different areas. So, you know, it's not only product training, it's content strategy, project management. Uh, I work on a lot of our product releases, so, wow. uh, helping out with the launch campaign orchestration and a lot more. So usually when I like try to tell people what I do in a quick sentence, I usually just tell them that it's a mix between product marketing, sales enablement and go to market planning.
0: Wow. No wonder you're so busy. That's really awesome. I've had the, the pleasure of working with you too on just like, you know, new content coming out as, as the messaging has kind of changed a little bit at HubSpot. And, you know, as we're a partner as well, it's been cool to see kind of that transition and be able to work with you folks directly in terms of getting the word out there, so to speak. So, yeah, it's been yeah. a good experience yeah. on our side too.
1: That's great to hear. And, um, yeah, I love working with Six and Flow. Um, I think that's probably the best part of my job is mm-hmm. working with so many great solutions partners across the globe. Um, I've made really good relationships with a lot of partners, you know, whether it's in um, my friend Michelle, who runs Engaging.io over in um, Australia. She has offered me, uh, she has a yurt in her backyard. And <laughs> wow. she bas- she basically said I could go stay there whenever I want for however I want long I want. So there's just like, there been these, these friendships I've made through the program and yeah so I I love working with each of the partners and I try to go a little bit outside my job role sometimes to make sure that partners are uh, supported in the best way because I enjoy it.
0: That's amazing. On the note of Australia have you been there before or is it somewhere kind of just on your list for now?
1: Yeah it's on my bucket list and it has been for forever Um, and I was hoping to try to get there you know like Around this time, um, but of course, last year it threw a curveball at us. So, um, yeah, you don't say. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, just a small curveball.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I've had a couple of friends that have, um, they've gone there to live for a year and done like au pair work, or they were just like working as bartenders uh, and kind of traveling around. So it's become more on my radar as I've seen people go there. Of course, pre-COVID, um, and just kind of experiencing life on the other side of the world. So. I hope you make it there someday soon.
1: Oh yeah, I I really hope I get there like ASAP. Um, Hopefully, you know, 2021 has some positive vibes behind it. So we'll get there.
0: Yes, I hope so too. Um, And it sounds like you really enjoy your job, which I think is so important. Um, I mean, I feel like not everyone has that all the time, or maybe they are in a job that they don't necessarily enjoy, but then they end up in that role that they enjoy. And I think we've both found that, which is great. Um, But when it comes to marketing in general, like what made you want to go in that direction and go into marketing?
1: Yeah. um, So, yeah, first, just on to your point of like enjoying uh, my role in my job and Mm -hmm. in the industry is I I have a lot of friends and family who who just don't enjoy their job or, you know, they've kind of pushed themselves into a field, um, whether it was because their parents kind of pushed them there or or, you know, just kind of naturally went that way, um, and are unhappy. So like, I'm super happy that I was able to see a direction that like, actually was (laughs) within my interest. And yeah, like the whole quote of like, whatever it is, like, you never have to work a a day in your life if you enjoy your job and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, there are tough days, but uh, I, I definitely love it. And I think the the reason why i got into marketing was um growing up i always wanted to be an an architect and you know design houses and buildings and i just was always more so the creative type um and then i got into high school and i started taking a few marketing courses which Mm -hmm. i was like very fortunate to have a high school that offered marketing courses but uh yeah and i quickly realized that there was like this intersection between creative work and like strategic business work and you know my parents uh my dad always being in tech sales for his career and my mom managing uh businesses of her own I always kind of had that business background so kind of blending the creative work with it became like super appealing to me and I was you know yeah that I mean that that was I think the reason why I got into it I I sometimes look back and think like what if I did decide to be an architect but um yeah um, now I'm just architecting different experiences. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice one. I like that you tied it all back to what, to what you're doing now. Are you still in, like, are you still interested, like, you know, just as a hobby, maybe like in architecture or design or anything like that?
1: Um, definitely in design, uh, I don't really do much in terms of like architecture, but I, okay. um, I do have like a drawing book and, um, I do that my free time along with like a few other activities that are related to that. So I definitely have a lot of creative outlets um, that keep me going.
0: That's so awesome. Maybe you'll get to do both one day or, or are you writing a book about design?
1: Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, yeah, <laughs> not doing that one yet. The the book is, it's actually related to, to marketing, but. Uh... <laughs>
0: okay, nice. I can't wait to get my copy in like a year or two. Around the yes, 30 mark, right?
1: <laughs> y- yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> now you're, now you're going to hold me to this.
0: Pretty much. And now it's, you know, it's verbally been said and a lot of people are going to hear this. So we're all going to hold you to it.
1: <laughs> I, I just screwed myself.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. And um, what's made you want to stick on the path of marketing now that you're you're kind of in it and doing all these cool things that have so much variety day to day?
1: Um, good question. Uh... I think for me, and I think this is part of my personality where I'm always looking for improvement and like the next kind of like big thing. I Mm -hmm. I usually don't, once I hit a point on anything, whether it's a project or something in my life or like a skill or hobby, anything like that. Once I get to the point where I've kind of like mastered it or understand it, it becomes a little bit more boring to me. So I, I think with marketing and the reason why i've enjoyed it so much is that like it's constant problem solving and like Mm -hmm. marketing is constantly evolving right now Uh, it always has been so that like makes it very real and organic so i can really go and take what's going on in the world and culture within a generation and really bring that into my work um so like whether that's new technologies that come out and like things that change user behavior like it's it's not and I guess you see this a little bit more recently in like sales as well, where like mm-hmm. technologies are leading to new approaches to how a sales rep works. But um, I think marketing has been on like a fast track of like never stopping.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, we've all had to kind of pivot, especially over the last year. Like, even though the role, like, innately, you're always, as you mentioned, you know, there's different things coming out, and you're having to pivot and learn and evolve. Like, I think the last year in particular has thrown a minor curveball in in how we're trying to do things as people working in an arm of the business and just as marketers in general.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I I think there's going to be a lot of cool things that come from it. I've been trying to look at this past year as, you know, what with all the negatives that happened, Mm -hmm. um, like what's the positive we can take from it and, um, you know, I think events like this happen, you know, not specific to the pandemic but these like life-changing events happen you know once in a blue moon or like once every decade or something so right i think it's one of those pivotal moments where things are going to change and they won't go back i think things will carry over that you know the way that we used to do things will still remain but there's going to be these new ways that are like continue to be the new way of operating um and, and i think that's the exciting part there
0: definitely it's been cool to see yeah trends either emerge or be revamped in some way to make life easier for people um especially you know ch- changing in work environments or just ways that we work together in teams or even just like as an individual staying motivated and it's yeah I, i'm cr- like really curious to see what will come in the future as well in the near and long-term future so I'm <laughs> yeah with you there
1: i liked how you mentioned uh not just like the new trends, but the things that are coming back. Yeah, And that is always fascinating to me. I've, uh, I wish I had like a, you know, a recorder of myself back in the day when I was younger, but like, I used to talk to my friends a lot about how everything um, is a cycle. Like, no matter what what you look at, whether it's marketing or um, design or anything, everything comes back, fashion trends. Yes. And so, yeah, it's just like you go through these periods of times where things just come back and all of a sudden, so like, I don't know, like, you know, large scale events were so hot. And then like now people want like more like, you know, smaller events and more closely engaging with each other. And um, yeah, it's always interesting to see those things happen.
0: For sure. What's been the the trend you or is there a trend that you're kind of happy has resurfaced that you can think of?
1: I can't think of one off the top of my head for like out of the pandemic that has re-emerged. I feel like I've been hyper-focused on like the the net new, like what's the newest thing that's going to help us get through this all. For sure. Um, Yeah, that one I'd have to think a little bit deeper on.
0: That's totally cool. I think for (laughs) me, like there's not even one, like a marketing one or anything, but I've noticed that people have really kind of reverted back to things they might have done when they were younger or like before the age of technology like people doing puzzles people have been knitting a lot of stuff and it's kind of nice to see you know people working with their hands more and just like doing those tasks that don't give you that instant gratification but you can still enjoy with yourself or with someone else i i'd like to see how people have enjoyed that and have been talking about that in the context of today
1: i love that you just mentioned that because yeah no I would wish I said that um <laughs> sorry um, because no it's awesome I uh like I totally agree like card games and board yeah. games have really made a resurgence um I have a puzzle going right now it's like my fifth of the year but um that's awesome but yeah I think like that that's like a huge benefit to this all is like there's a string of years where people got lost in the digital world i think and definitely stepping away from it and sitting down next to each other without your phone um which that's still a thing but like yeah having those personal engagements yeah that's definitely something i've enjoyed seeing come back
0: yeah i hope it sticks i hope it's one of the long-term trends that we see
1: i hope so (laughs) (laughs) nice
0: and then, of course, like we've kind of been t- like touching on challenges and, you know, the way that the world is adapting to challenges, pandemic and otherwise. Um, but for you personally, um, w- in such a dynamic role, what would you say was the biggest challenge of being a marketer during these quote unquote unprecedented times of, of the pandemic? <laughs> I I know I cringe every time I say it, but everyone knows what I'm talking about when I use that term. So here we are.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say first that phrase has just gotten very old, um, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, yeah I see its use and um, its purpose, mm-hmm. but uh, yes, very unprecedented times. And for me, I think at least earlier on, and I've been doing some reflection on this recently. Now that it's been a full year and trying to figure out where where things are, but right the biggest challenge for a while was like walking that fine line between doing things as business as usual. And then also being careful to how you approach things, um, and being more empathetic to the situation because, you know, while I'm extremely fortunate to be in the place where I am, where I wasn't super affected outside of my hobbies and my social life. Right. You know, I still have my, my job was not affected. Um, my company has been able to push through this and actually we've been doing, we've been having a great year, you know? So trying to like, when when we're building out campaigns and whether it's like emails or advertisements or even just booking meetings with people, um, it's, it's so quick to just like want to do things and, and have that business as usual, but then to like think through that, like, one out of the five people you're reaching out to is is not in a place where they used to be and Mm -hmm. that that's that's been hard and there's almost like no way to really know that unless it's on like a one-to-one basis that you're you know talking to somebody and know who they are so from a marketer's perspective Mm -hmm. when you're working out of like you know a list and of course you have data to work with to help with targeting and messaging and all of these different things but like there's no way to know who's on the other side of the screen in terms of what's happening in their life in the moment. So that, that's been the hardest part.
0: Yeah. I would say it's been similar too. like, even, you know, of course, like being more mindful of messaging and making sure that it resonates, like given the circumstances that a lot of people find themselves in, I would agree. You can't, you can't know for sure what each person is going through, especially if it's something that's sent on a larger scale. And like, it's been painful at times, like even sending out, emails to well-maintained lists and everything. And then you get like a bounce back saying, oh, they're no longer with the company or they've been laid off. And it's just, it's hard to see that, but it also makes you feel extra fortunate too, like if you haven't had your job affected. But the reality is that a lot of people have or they will have their jobs affected by this. And yeah, having that empathy at all times and just, you know, being grateful and, and being able to push through and, you know, see the positive side in it is something to challenge yourself in doing but also can be difficult to do because yeah, like you said, you just never know what the other person on the receiving end is going through. So
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we earlier on in the um the, the pandemic, yeah. When when things really started to, you know, hit 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 home, mm-hmm. uh we we switched up things. We paused emails, we paused campaigns and we gave it some breathing room to kind of wait it out a little bit. And then Shortly after, we kind of went back to business as usual. And
0: right.
1: and I think it was the right choice. Um, and, it, and it's really about, you know, there's still people out there that we can help through. Uh, luckily, I work for a company that, like, you know, has something to offer people in a helpful way. For sure. So it's like, you still want to get out there and make sure that they're aware of everything you have. But uh, I guess the important part is, yeah, having that um Empathy in it all and just checking in when you can with people.
0: Yeah, and definitely having some tact to it as well. Like, even with uh, the last couple of guests that have been on the show, um, you know, we've talked about seeing problematic messaging or, you know, organizations maybe not taking that time to pause as you folks did over at HubSpot or, you know, finding a way, even if their product doesn't actually have something to offer, trying to find a way to make it seem like it would be the savior in this time and like will make people's lives better even if it doesn't actually make sense or has very little chance of resonating and I think it's good to see that you're like part of an organization that was really mindful and can you know kind of spread that sort of mindset throughout the organization and have folks kind of look at things through that lens of like we don't just have to continue on it's something that we need to acknowledge and you know take that breathing room so
1: yeah I Mm. I mean I, I was fortunate to have um great leadership, uh, right. I mean, former VP of ours, Megan Keeney Anderson, who now just took on a CMO ro- CMO role somewhere else. But mm-hmm. she is an incredible human and her, she was very upfront with the entire marketing org saying, out of this whole thing, the number one thing that we are not allowed to do is capitalize on this moment. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of brands I think out there who saw it as a moment to capitalize and increase their revenue and all of those things? And HubSpot could have done that. And there was, there's a lot of angles where we mm-hmm. could have benefited greatly from it all. But I thought that was just really cool to hear from our leadership to say, like, hey, like this is, like this is real. This is happening. This is affecting people. We're yeah. not going to profit from it. Um, so that was cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's very powerful for sure, and I think, yeah, I think it probably affirmed or reaffirmed for a lot of folks as well that they are in a, like in the right organization for them. That is, you know, handling things as one hopes that you know your organization would and your leadership would in a time like this. So, yep, that's awesome. Um, in terms of something, I guess lighter because we we just got really deep there talking about <laughs> talking about how life has changed.
1: Let's go light.
0: Yeah, um, but I'd love to know. And it could be, like, something that you saw over the last year or just in general in, like, your time as a marketer. But what would you say is, like, your least favorite term in marketing or just in general buzzwords that you, you hope to never see again?
1: <laughs> um, I listened to your, your, uh, your other episode, and I think growth hacking came up, which was a good one.
0: Oh, yeah, that uh, one hurts every time.
1: Yeah, and I can think back to early in my career where, like, that that phrase or that term was like appealing to me I was like oh yeah like I could be a growth hacker then I was like no that that's stupid um <laughs> so I agreed with that one but uh
0: yeah
1: for me I think it's probably we hear a lot you know the with the way by the buying experience is changing customer expectations there's a lot of talk about like disruptive marketing and oh yeah and that works in certain ways, but I think some companies or people use it in the wrong way where it, like, goes up against itself. They, oh, okay. look, they, like, they consider, like, disruptive marketing, like, a good thing. It's like, oh, it's, like, new, innovative, disruptive marketing, but, like, the word disruptive means, like, you're interrupting something, like, you know, like, yeah. so I think it depends how you use it, and um, there's some companies out there, I won't say any of them, but, like, uh, That's okay who like, th- that's in like, it's in their, their marketing is like, they talk about disruptive marketing. And, um, and I, I, I guess I can be a little bit guilty of this myself working at HubSpot, but like where we talk about experienced disruptors, where you're mm-hmm. disrupting the experience. So it's like, I don't know, there's a fine line there of like, it being a good thing or a bad thing. And I, I get the sentiment behind it. But uh that sure. one, and then I, another thing that just is like a bugaboo to me is just like uh, the, the phrase thought leadership. <laughs> um,
0: Perfect. As you're on yeah. here giving your thought leadership.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, like, what is that? Like, it, it's almost like an exaggerated, like, term for being like overly opinionated.
0: Um, Ooh, <laughs> hot take. I like it. Yeah. Though
1: yeah, it's like, oh, I'm gonna be a thought leader or like we need more thought leadership out there. It's like, do we really need people's thoughts? like I don't know, like like build try building those those thoughts into like the experience a little bit more and like make it organic versus like, I don't know <laughs> for
0: sure. no, I think both of those honestly, disruptive. It doesn't make me cringe so much, but I think it's because I personally feel like I've been so conditioned because it's been used a lot. So I would agree that it's like an overdone term. Um, But yeah, I didn't really think about it from the angle of like interrupting people's flow with like what you're bringing to them. And I think for both of those terms, like that and thought leadership, like you don't want your thoughts or, you know, whatever you're trying to put out there as a marketer to just to create a lot of noise. Like you want to be adding value as much as possible. So yeah.
1: And I think the disruptive marketing piece, it Mm -hmm. probably comes, it probably stems from like what, what's happening in marketing in general with like the amount of you know the martech landscape the the exponential yeah. increase in technologies and everyone's always trying to get an edge so i think like the the idea of like disruptive marketing and being on the leading edge like i love that idea yeah. but i think it's it's an output of a bigger problem which is probably <laughs> that there's too much going on
0: for sure it's okay to just do something and do it really well and present it in a way that adds value too but yeah, yep. I think it's usually talked about as like, yeah, a way to be edgy or it's always positioned as a positive thing. Like, oh, you're doing the latest thing. Like you're part of something that's going to change the world or, you know, bring, the pr- bring about yep. that innovation. But yeah, it's not really looked at from the, you're just making noise. So make sure it's like, it's worth it for everyone. So Exactly. That's cool. I like that. New ones are coming up. It'll be interesting to see what other folks, if if they piggyback off of these or if there's new terms I haven't even heard yet. So that's why I asked this question. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll definitely be tuning in to to, to find out about that one.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Um, and then I guess we're just kind of like running with this theme, but especially over the last year, is there anything in marketing or even, even more broadly, like just in business that you found was overdone?
1: Other than the phrase in these unprecedented times? Or <laughs> yes, <no? laughs>
0: other than that.
1: <laughs> um... I'm not
0: saying that on any other episodes. This is the last time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, something I've kind of picked up on has been streaming services and the advertisements on them. Ooh. I've I've noticed that there's been a big lift in both like the time that you're being forced to watch those ads and the amount of brands that are now jumping on board to give ad streaming or streaming ads uh, a go. Right. Um, and yeah, I think that's been a little bit overdone and I've obviously noticed this because quarantine and like you're, there's a million streaming services now and everyone's been uh, flocking to them. So I get and understand like eyeballs receive an increase in ads when, when those eyeballs increase. Um, But I, I, it's been kind of annoying. Like I'm paying for services and I'm now still getting ads on some of them and I'm like, what is this? Like, I'm not paying to get ads. I want to pay to watch the content.
0: Exactly. Or you would have just kept the free version in the first place.
1: Yeah. To be honest. Uh, wow. I think they need to slim down there.
0: For sure. It's, it's been crazy to see, yeah, like how many new streaming services have either just come on to the to the scene or, yeah, the, the amplified advertising of ones that already exist. And like, I'm pretty basic. Like, I pretty much just have like my music streaming through Apple Music and Netflix like there's just so much to choose from that I just have decided to not choose <laughs> and just stick with the basics there keep it really slim
1: yeah um, but have you a reminder that I need to cancel Disney plus
0: <laughs> that's a hot take that I keep seeing it's it's pretty okay to be honest like I I don't know how I feel Yeah, about I just it. wanted Mandalorian
1: and I finished it so I need to just cancel it so
0: you're just done <laughs> um that's totally fine we have like um we don't pay for it but like um, my partner his sister got disney plus and she's been paying for all of ours so that's we paid her way to go. yeah so we paid her like the first year but we didn't even realize that she renewed it and she hasn't said anything but if she listens she might be prompted now to ask for our share <laughs> but yeah, so you I, just yeah
1: you took your own license away there <laughs> exactly
0: but i i should have said the streaming services that we actually pay for are just our music and our Netflix. So, but yeah, there's just so much out there on the market. How do you even decide anymore? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. Now people are hopping on Clubhouse and all oh. these other
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's been, that's been our new thing um, here at Six and Flow. We've just been playing around with it. Um, we'll see how long the phase lasts, but it's new and hot right now. So I'm just trying to understand and like how people are using it. if it adds value or if it just adds that noise that we talked about
1: yeah i'd love to hear your thoughts on it uh sometime later
0: for sure so so you haven't used it yet or have you tried it and abandoned it what are your thoughts on it if you have any
1: i haven't joined yet i have two people one of them is uh richwood at six and flow but that is willing to invite me so i think i'm gonna, gonna do what you're doing and and jump on and just see what it's all about and you know i like to stay up on on like the the new platforms and try to be a practitioner on them um right. and if they fail then you move on but exactly it's worth, worth checking out
0: yeah rich got me into it too actually and i was like okay yeah let's give this a go see what we can do so we'll have more <laughs> to say on this maybe in a follow-up but I'll, I'll definitely let you know how we how we find it as as the next couple of weeks pass
1: yes definitely please
0: perfect um And then as we're starting to, you know, see things either, you know, being revamped in terms of trends or new trends coming, um, do you have any personal predictions about marketing this year in 2021? I do. Okay, let's hear it.
1: I'm glad you asked this one because this one I, or first I'll start by saying um, I hope that of the predict my prediction of there being more empathy um, from a broader side of brands mm-hmm. is something that happens this year. I think this past year was a good time for everyone to to get grounded a little bit and right think about how they approach uh, marketing in general. So that's one prediction, hopeful idea. But uh, yeah, I uh, have been picking up on a few things from a few experiences I've gone through recently, but okay. I I definitely see, um, hybrid events. That's going to be a thing that sticks forever, I think. Um, so what I mean by that is everything went virtual this year Mm -hmm. and everyone wants to get back to physical. But for instance, what we learned with uh, our big conference through HubSpot called Inbound Mm -hmm. for anyone that uh, isn't familiar, um, we did it all virtual this year and, you know, we're thinking through like what's, Going to happen in the future, but the cool thing with the virtual event was, I think we had like a hundred thousand uh, like viewers or attendees of it, wow. and our in-person one, we I think we come around like twenty thousand attendees. Oh, okay. So the share reach of it was way more, and the cool thing was that people across the globe who never had the opportunity to attend the event could now tune in. Right. So I see the future being very hybrid and like event strategy uh within marketing. So having the in-person stuff, but also, you know, maybe it's a slimmed down version or different experiences virtually where people can tune in through that. I think that's gonna be something that takes off probably towards the second half of the year.
0: Okay. I could see that happening for sure.
1: Yeah. And one that's really interesting to me mm. is the interactivity at events. Um, So I think like, you know, outside of like South by Southwest, which is always like pushing the limits, but like Mm -hmm. I went through, or I was doing this, um, this band that I'm really into their lead guitarist, uh, Trey Anastasio. He was hosting this virtual event. It was every Friday um, for like eight weeks long. And it was called the Beacon Jams and it was him uh, on a stage at the Beacon Theater in New York and um, Mm. playing with his band and streaming it. But before he had done that, he was really hesitant about doing the whole virtual thing. He was, you know, he feeds off of crowd energy. And he just thought that it would be doing a disservice to his, his music and his approach. Right. Um, But then he kind of came around and did it. And the event was just so cool. It was like, I've never been so drawn to like a virtual or a streaming event before. And I was like, every Friday, that was my thing for eight weeks straight. And what they did was they, mm-hmm. um, they used uh, Twitch uh, to bring in that like, um, interactivity between the audience and and him. So he had his daughter who was uh, feeding some comments from like the Twitch comments board and like surfacing that to him. So he could actually see it on stage so That's why, awesome. why? yeah, so you're like, you're at home watching him play a song on TV, and then he would stop in between songs, he'd be reading the comments of people talking, and he was actually having a conversation live while you were watching the stream. Oh, and wow. it led to all these like really cool moments uh, that, you know, I'm not going to nerd out for <laughs> the whole podcast, because I could. Please um,
0: do, whatever you feel comfortable with. <laughs> this yeah, is
1: awesome. But there was just like all these things where money was raised and uh, you know people that he hadn't like seen but remembered uh, had popped up in the feed and he was just able to have this more intimate experience even more so than he was when he was like on stage um, at a live event where he's just right. looking out into the audience so I, he wow. had mentioned also that like these these events happen once every decade where that kind of changed the way that things operate so I think if brands don't evolve and just go back to like the normal way of doing things they're going to lose. And Mm -hmm. so like, I think my prediction here is just that there's going to be new ways to engage um, that like, don't, I don't know. I think there's like hesitation uh, similar to like Trey where he was, he didn't want to do the virtual thing. He didn't know how he was going to get that audience connection, but then like figured out a way how to do it. And it was actually really cool and had mm-hmm. like all these uh, hidden benefits behind it that he couldn't have even imagined. Right. So I, I, I really hope that some of those cool moments are able to be built into the experiences that we build, even if it is like in-person, because he's now even thinking about, you know, when I do go to an in-person, I think this is par- probably part of a joke, but he said, when we do <laughs> go back to in-person events, what if we do use like this Twitch thing again and I'm on stage and the crowd's out there and Um, you know, reading a comment on like the the Twitch feed and it says like, you know, somebody's talking to their friend on it, saying that they're going to the bathroom. And and then then he gets to come up to the microphone and say like, hey, like Dan, like I just saw that you're heading to the bathroom. Like I know you don't want to miss your favorite song that you just talked about. I'm going to play it right now. So hurry up. And then like you get to have like more of those personal connections, which I think is just kind of funny.
0: No, that's (laughs) awesome. And yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Like just talking about, like you gave like the contrast between inbound going virtual and you know having so much more of a reach but then also like this event where there's still like a lot of reach but also just felt more intimate even though it was like a larger group setting that a lot of people would have access to so i definitely i think that it's nice to have access to everything through like virtual events and everything like that but i also think that i would have liked to see more opportunities for kind of more like breakout rooms or like just more like small group or intimate kind of interactions. So I hope your prediction is correct there that we can kind of find a happy medium with whatever we decide to do going forward in terms of events and and stuff.
1: Yeah and we've been playing around at HubSpot with like Mm -hmm. similar things like breakout rooms and virtual roundtables and things like that and okay and some of them have been good some of them have not been good and it's it's a testing experience, but um, but yeah, like uh, you, you just got to keep playing around with it. And I, you know, I, I'm actually working with bringing that uh, the idea with Twitch to um, our team because I think it would be cool.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. You know,
1: like while someone's presenting, they could like be seeing what the audience is talking about. And we obviously that's just like the chat pane on the side, but making it more of like not just having it be separate from the presentation, but being actually built into it all um Mm. something i want to try out so
0: yeah something more real time that would be really cool yeah look forward look forward to seeing it if it does pan out what that would look like
1: yeah we'll we'll try some stuff
0: yeah why not this is the time i think (laughs) (laughs) um and then we've talked a lot about you know what we do at work and everything like that but outside of work um Is there anything that you do to kind of improve your craft or that you find maybe that you do creatively that kind of surfaces in your work when you're there and if even if you don't realize it or don't have that intention initially
1: um yeah it was probably a couple things i think one Mm -hmm. of them was just kind of what i mentioned uh right before of just like the art of like listening and watching to what's happening right is in in the world so for instance me seeing like musicians really stretch the limits on what they can do in terms of creating these remarkable live or recorded or streamed experiences Mm -hmm. and bring those ideas in the world into like the work I do that that's one thing that I often find myself doing is seeing things happen in my personal life and then figuring out like oh that's cool like maybe that's something we can build into a campaign or build Mm -hmm. into an event so that that's definitely one thing I do and then Um, separately from that, um, you know, marketing being really a creative field, or at least for the work that I'm in. For sure. I try to embrace hobbies that bring my mind into these like meditative states and allow me to express myself and open up the room for thinking differently. And Hmm. That includes, like, you know, listening to different styles of music. I love listening to, like, really uncommon music or at least, like, not, like, commercial music and, like, cultural music and things that just and and studying about, like, where it came from. Or uh, I also do painting as a side hustle and I'm really into cooking. So, like, all these other things that, you know, I don't have the science behind it, but I'm sure that there's, like, something to be said for um your brain um getting like a workout from this creative work and then coming into your your role in marketing and being able to like come up with some really interesting ideas
0: no that's Um, awesome learning so much about you this is so cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no um yeah now i've quickly realizing through this podcast that i'm being like probably preachy and like a thought leader so
0: (laughs) (laughs) not at all Um, not what have you painted recently or is there anything that you're working on right now i'm fascinated Um, by that
1: yeah so if anyone wants to follow my instagram it's not huge but it's called wicked tapped art um wicked is a a new england term of course but uh (laughs) yeah so i've been taking these old um vinyl records that are really cheap at the stores um Mm -hmm. and I have been painting them and if I could show you I would but we're we're on a podcast not a virtual stream but um Fair. <laughs> but yeah I've been doing those which is like wall art um, and like home decor and then also like I started doing some uh, coasters so like drink coasters and painting those Cool. Um, yeah, that type of stuff.
0: That's awesome. I think people like the home decor thing and I I've noticed as well in terms of like trends not necessarily like what you're doing but a lot of art has been turned or i've been seeing a lot of art i guess probably through ads um but just like that's like album covers that have been somehow turned into art like there's like these fiberglass ones that people keep doing with like their favorite song um and like one of my friends i think it was for christmas she got her partner this kind of a similar thing it was like um one of a, a song that they like on etsy and then you could basically have the picture there and then you could put it at a part of the song that you liked so the chorus or whatever and then it comes like a spotify link and if you scan the artwork then it takes you to that part of the song so that's pretty cool that's cool yeah so it made me think of that for some reason but yeah i feel like music related art like visual art has really surfaced a lot in the last year so i will be checking out the instagram your instagram
1: yeah give it check it out and I'll, i'll have to like send you guys something too
0: that would be sick so. I'd Love to see it.
1: Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. I think um, like for me for this too. Like uh, recently had or recently came across like a Tim Ferriss um, talk, and he was talking about um, how every day he writes two crappy pages. So he just kind of free hands um, and kind of just sees what comes out. And I've been trying to challenge myself like since the beginning of the year to do that as well. I'm um, either writing something like in my notes app or like on paper itself, and just. I think it's helped me, especially like with creating written content to just like let my thoughts flow sometimes. I feel like I kind of psych myself out if I'm like, okay, it has to be like this. I have to include these sections versus just like thinking about the topic and then kind of having my initial thoughts come out and then refining it after. but I feel like it's helped my writing process, even though I didn't think it would come back to work right away i've I've noticed that over the last couple of weeks,
1: so yeah, no that, yeah. that's a great activity. I would yeah, I. Would stand behind that as well. I think it's like probably similar to um, is it Hemingway, who who has the quote of like um, write write drunk and edit sober. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like the idea is like yeah, just let your your thoughts flow and then go back and pretty it up later.
0: Exactly. Sometimes you get some of your best stuff like that. I, I find when it's a little yeah. bit more spontaneous. So.
1: Yeah, that's literally what my artwork is. So if you check it out, you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is like all over the place.
0: I'm so excited. You'll you'll get you'll see me in the comments.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. That's
0: awesome. Um, So do you have any um, advice or sage wisdom (laughs) that you'd like to put out there for your fellow marketers that are listening?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I've gotten this question from a couple of folks. um,
0: Understandable.
1: you know and, a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have much to learn, but uh, I think, like at least being—you know—I'm not early in my career, but I'm also not far into my career. But mm-hmm. thinking about graduating college, I think a lot of folks, especially going into business, think that they should immediately pr- pursue their MBA or their master's degree. Um, oh, okay like, right out of college, and my advice to them is always don't do that, um, Ooh. and, yeah, like, my take on it, and this is just, you know, my opinion, but it's, like, I think you should go into the real world, work a job or two, decide exactly what you want to do with that master's, mm-hmm. and, because, like, I don't know, it, it, for me, it's a little bit annoying from time to time, um, where uh, there's, like, more and more, like, MBA grads who, don't have or have little to zero experience and then they think they know how everything works. Um, Right. And it's, it's really about like, I think earning your knowledge in the field. And the only way you can do that is through being a practitioner. Mm. Um, So it's not to, you know, totally crap on a master's degree. I think they're great things to pursue. And I guess it depends on like what, what your goal is, but that that's one thing I try to push people to think about is, Um, especially in today's world where there's so many startups and places where you can really just go like test things out and Mm -hmm. fail fast and like that that's really what like got me to where I am Um, Mm -hmm. so and like that leads me to like my second bit which would be take opportunities that pop out with pop up without like any hesitation behind it Um, especially if you're early in your career because looking back at how my career has progressed I took a path that wasn't super linear at all mm. um, but each role that I took or like extra project that I took on it helped me um, on getting like a step closer to where I wanted to be and they were like these stepping stones to the next phase in my career and it wasn't like I was like orchestrating it like okay I'll do this and this is gonna get me there it was like what is interesting what do I want to learn what mm-hmm. do I want to do in the moment and looking back I think what I'm happy about with that is that I wasn't just like a siloed one skill marketer uh, or I'm not, I've kind of worked across all these different types of marketing, whether it's content comms, uh, demand gen, brand and Mm -hmm. product, all these things. And now I can kind of like understand the bigger picture because it, it, it can kind of sometimes be frustrating when someone sticks to one single marketing path and you're like in a meeting with them and, they can't conceptualize different ideas tactics or like see the full thing of like how it works or how it could work and i think having yeah taking different experiences and kind of letting the the out like the the path guide you without trying to control it much um leads to better outcomes
0: yeah i 100 percent agree with that i've definitely i didn't take like just a path knowing i was going to become a growth marketer. Like, I did some sales, like I worked in publishing. And I think it's just as important, like, as you're saying to take those opportunities, and you don't learn from them, like you learn what you want to do. And also, on the other hand, what you don't want to pursue. Um. So it, it really can open your eyes in terms of, yeah, like what you could see yourself doing, and what will make you happy as well, in what you're doing every day for eight plus hours a day.
1: So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you ever get to the point where, it's not fun for you anymore or you've, like I mentioned earlier, where it's like you've hit like a ceiling of your on your growth uh, and you're yeah. getting bored with something, then like that's the time to take another step to something else. And if the more you do that, the, yeah, the, the further I think you can go.
0: Absolutely. And then my final question for you to close it out here. Um, not going to say um, where do you see yourself in five years? specifically um but where are you hoping to kind of go next on your path of marketing or even if it's not that just with your career where do you where do you see yourself
1: yeah um yeah i've thought about this a lot in the past Mm -hmm. uh probably less so now but i used to want to really pursue this path that got me it was like i guess it was like that linear path of like okay like i'll get to this role, then I'll become a director, then a VP, then SVP. And then ultimately I I was really interested in shooting for the stars of becoming a chief marketing officer, Wow! but yeah. But honestly, like after working alongside some amazing CMOs and being close with them and realizing, um, you know, the trade offs that they make with work life balance, I don't think I want to really go to that point. Um, You know, that's not to say that there isn't a work life balance, there can be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I, I don't know, I I just really enjoy, or I found myself enjoying being an individual contributor with high impact opportunities. Um, I don't know, I I see myself probably working into managing a team in the near future. Um, I know that I'll struggle with giving up, like, the in the trenches work with that. For sure. Uh, yeah and i don't know i'm really digging hubspot right now it's a great company uh obviously and like to my point earlier of like the the growth ceiling like i'm st- still after like a couple years of being here like every day i'm learning something new and there's so many like brilliant people and like working with like like you all at six and flow i, I learned from you as well and like mm-hmm. I'm i'm not at a point where i've stopped learning yet so for that reason like I'll be around for a while at HubSpot and that's really like my compass for for where I go is if I feel like I'm repeating everything every day, then it's time for me to find something new.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you, Justin, so much for your time again. This has been such an awesome conversation. I learned so much about your interests as well.
1: Yeah, no, thanks uh, so much for having me. Uh, always a pleasure chatting with you all and uh, yeah, I love six and flow great, great organization.